Amen. Can we say praise the Lord? Amen. Thank you for the introduction. Amen. Please, please, I'm asking you all, we have been shut down for COVID. We do not meet with the district at all, but we're doing this one time a year. It's a district fellowship that we're going out to Bremerton, Washington. Amen. And we're going to go out and be having a great service on that on today. We're going to ask you to please carpool, 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 amen, and get out there by 3 o'clock today. Actually, we're going to also actually support our district missionary, amen, for our women's retreat, amen. Our district missionary is our own first lady, amen, Lady McGraw, amen, amen, and she's putting on a retreat for the district, and other ladies that's not part of the district is already registering, amen, so we're going to ask you to be a part of this, amen, amen. Turn to the neighbor, we're better off together. Come on, say it like you mean it, say we're better off together. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. We pray, God, that your word in my mouth, give me what to say and how to say it. I will not take the praise from you because all the praise belongs to you. Father God, we say this prayer in Jesus' name and let us all say amen. Amen. You may be seated at this time. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, when we rejoice in the Lord, we constantly have to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. When we rejoice in the Lord, we constantly have to remind ourselves if it wasn't for God that we would not have made it today. That's why it's so important that we make prayer your lifestyle, not your emergency contact. It's so imperative, let me say it again, it's so important that you make prayer your lifestyle and not your emergency contact. So many times we don't make prayer our lifestyle and we make prayer our emergency contact. We only call upon him on emergency times. But we have to learn to make prayer our lifestyle. And when you begin to make prayer your lifestyle, you always can rejoice in the Lord. There's something when you are praying, amen, God begins to answer your prayers and give you new revelations about your problem. That's why, once again, amen, understand the difference between a lifestyle and an emergency contact. Amen. He's not just there to call for 911 emergencies, but we call him no matter what we're going through. We call upon him simply because who he is, because he is our provider. He is our sustainer. He's everything that we need. So we call upon him. Why? Because he's good. And sometimes we got to remind ourselves and remind you what God has told you. God just said everything is still on schedule. Amen. It doesn't matter what you think. You're on schedule. You're on schedule. You think that you're behind schedule. You think that you're being left behind. You feel like you're being left out. People forgot about you. But you're on schedule for that blessing that God has scheduled for your life. Amen. That's why it's so imperative to make prayer your lifestyle for you to understand that your timing is not God's timing. But you're yet on schedule. Somebody say, I'm yet on schedule. Amen. And we have to be patient. Somebody say, be patient. Be patient. Sometimes you have to go through the worst to get to the best. Let me say it again. Sometimes you have to uh, go through the worst to get to the best. You say, well, pastor, I'm at my worst. Well, get through your worst. You got to get through your worst part of your life to get to the best part of your life. That's why the word of mine says count it all joy when we're going through trials and tribulations. How many people are going through a trial? How many people are going through a tribulation? 
Amen. You're not by yourself. We all got different things that we're dealing with personally in our own lives. And sometimes we feel like we're not going to make it or God forgot about you. But let me say it one more time. You're on schedule. Everything's going to be okay. You just got to trust in the Lord and not to lean to your own understanding. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, God just said in my spirit that everything is still on schedule. Some of us feel like we're going to give up. We're not worth nothing. That we're being forgotten. We're being looked over. Amen. But we have to be patient. Somebody said be patient. Be patient because sometimes you have to go through the worst to get to the best. Amen. Sometimes you got to go through the worst times of your life to get to the best times of your life. And sometimes we just got to be patient and realize that we are conquerors in Christ Jesus. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So I'm going to remind you one more time, be patient. Why? Because sometimes you have to go through the worst to get to your best. Do I got a witness out there, anybody? And I know you feel like you're at your worst. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know why you woke up today. But this is just a worst time. But guess what? The best is coming. And greater is on its way because greater is Christ Jesus. Do I got to witness anybody? Turn to your neighbor. Greater is coming. And greater is in Christ Jesus. And then guess what? If I stay in his will, greatness got to come my way. Amen. If I stay in his will, greatness got to come my way. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you see with your natural eyes. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And I've never seen the righteous been forsaken. You just got to stay focused and realize you got to go through your worst to get to your best. Somebody say amen in here. So I don't care what you're going through. Greater is coming and you're on schedule for your blessing. You're right on schedule for your blessing. And guess what? You don't schedule your blessing. God schedules your blessing. And you got to believe that you're still on schedule for your blessing. And when God spoke the blessing into your spirit, guess what? He says it's coming, but you got to wait until I bring it to you. Do I got to witness anybody? One thing I realized in life, amen, and it's so crazy to me, you can be friends with people for years and could take years to realize they were never your friends. I guess I'm in the wrong place on today. Amen. You can be friends with people for years and could take years to realize they were never your friend. But one thing you know that Jesus is a friend. He's a friend that's thinking closer than a brother. He's a friend that will never leave you nor forsake you. He's a friend that will be there in your hard times and your troubled times. He's a true friend. And when you have a friend in God, you got true friendship. Do I got to witness anybody? So let me remind you, amen, don't be upset, don't get troubled, don't get mad, amen, don't get discouraged, amen. Some people just plays with your emotions, and they take your friendship for granted, and they take your love and run over your love. They take your, your gentleness and crush your gentleness, and take your kindness like it didn't mean nothing. But you got to realize you can be friends with people for years, and it take years to realize they were never your friends. So I got a witness out there, anybody? Amen. And you realize they were nothing their friend because they left you when you was down. They left you, amen, when you had no hope. They left you when you became broke. They left you when you became broken. They left you alone, amen, when you needed a friend. They left you alone while you was mourning. And they did not how, know how to be a friend. So you realize, woman, well, they were never my friends. They were just takers. 
They tuck my joy. They tuck my love. They tuck my trust. They tuck my understanding. They just tuck, 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 but never knew how to be a friend. That's why you got to put your trust in God. Do I got to witness anybody? And, and the Bible lets you know if you find a one friend, amen, you're blessed. If you find one friend in this world, you're blessed. Amen. You don't got to have a thousand friends to be a blessed person. But you find one good friend in your life, you're a blessed person. Do I got to witness anybody? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad that God blessed me with one friend in my life. One friend that I could talk to. One friend I could depend on. One friend that I could trust my secrets with. One friend I could talk to, I could vent to. Amen. And when you find a friend like that, you're blessed. But guess what? You're even blessed when you realize that God can be that friend. God can be your provider. God you can cry out to. You can get down on your knees in a late night hour and say, Lord, I need your help. He's a friend I always answer your call. He won't put you, amen, to voicemail. He won't miss your call. He won't ignore your call. He won't call you five minutes later, a day later. But he'll answer when you call upon his name. My God answers phone calls. He answers your needs. My God is there when nobody is not there for you. My God is dependable. He's a loving God, a gentle God, a forgiving God, a kind God, a giving God. Do I got to witness anybody? A God that understands your emotions, your up and down. He's a God that just loves you. That's why we rejoice in God. Can I preach and teach at the same time? Let me remind you, I know I'm being saying this over and over again, but sometimes we got to understand, do not make prayer just a lifestyle, amen, amen. Don't make prayer, amen, amen, emergency contact, but make prayer your lifestyle. Somebody says it's got to be your lifestyle. Don't make prayer, amen, emergency contact in your phone number. Only call him when trouble comes. But prayer is a line of communication. Prayer is a line of, man, how you begin to communicate with God, how you begin to allow God to hear your needs, you begin to hear the heart of God. When you pray, amen, God hears you. Do I got to witness anybody? And guess what? People are a trip. Somebody said people can be a trip. Why you say that, Pastor? They counted you out, but they did not get the numbers right. They counted you out over and over again. But they did not get the numbers right. They counted you out, amen, and they did not add it up right. Amen, I don't care who counts you out, amen. It doesn't matter what they say about you, amen. God said you still counted in. You still counted as being blessed. You still counted as being worthy. You still counted as being my child. I don't know what they said, but guess what? They counted you out, but somebody got the numbers wrong. They didn't get those numbers right. They forgot who you were. You are a child of God. You somebody in Christ Jesus. Just because they looked over you, God never looks over you. Just because they may not appreciate God, appreciates your praise. God appreciates your worship. God appreciates your dedication. See, guess what the song says when the praises go up? Guess what? Blessings come. But guess what? I learn how to praise him even if nothing else come my way. I praise him because who he is. I praise him because he woke me up. I praise him because food on my table. I praise him because a roof over my head. I praise him because of my health. I praise him just because who he is. Do I got to witness anybody? Yes. Understand, God is removing people from your circle. He knows that it's not solid in your life. Let me say that again. God is removing people from your circle. 
he knows that it's not solid. You think they're solid people, but they're not really with you. And don't be disencouraged because God removed them. God heard the conversation that you did not hear. God heard the conversation that you did not hear. So God had to remove people out of your life that was not solid, that was not for your best interest, that didn't really care about you, didn't care if you was blessed, care if you would succeed, care if you were successful. Amen. God heard a secret conversation you never heard. And God said, I got to remove them from this person because this person will be blessed. Do I got to witness anybody? That's why the word says, no weapon that is formed against me is going to prosper. He said, guess, I, I see it forming against you, but guess what? I'm not going to allow it to prosper. So I'm going to have to remove them people that has ill intent, that's in your circle, that's talking behind your back, that I hear every conversation about. I'm going to remove them in order for you to be blessed. So I got to witness anybody. And every now and then you got to just stop. Take a deep breath and remember that God is faithful. Every time I feel something wrong, I have to just stop, take a deep breath, and remember God is faithful. No matter what it looks like, God is faithful. What I realize, people are not faithful. But God is always faithful. See, God never left me during the pandemic. God met me at Praise Chapel when nobody else showed up to Praise Chapel. God met me in the sanctuary when nobody else showed up in the sanctuary. God met me down in the food bank when nobody else showed up in the food bank. God showed up when nobody else was faithful. Because when God fill, uh, shows up, he fills up the empty seats. He fills it up with his spirit. He fills it up with his presence. So if nobody else shows up in your life, God showed up and he filled up the empty spots in your life. Tom said, God keeps showing up in my life. When nobody else don't show up, God keeps showing up in my life. When people leave me, God keeps showing up in my life. When people are not faithful, God keeps showing up in my life. When people leave me, God keeps showing up in my life. There's something where you know that God's going to show up in the midst of your deepest hours of feeling lost and confused and don't know what to do. But God always shows up. Do I got to witness anybody? Somebody scream to the top of you and say, God always shows up. Don't got a witness out there, anybody. That's why we rejoice in the Lord. And the Bible reminds us in the book of Philippians 4, 4 through 6, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Not with complaining, not with gossiping, not with saying I'm going to, but with thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord, in advance what you're going to do. Somebody say, I got to thank you in my spirit. Come on, say, I got to thank you, Lord, in my spirit. I got to thank you, Lord, down on my spirit. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I just got to thank you. And it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let me remind you, we should always rejoice in the Lord. We should always rejoice in the Lord. No matter what it looks like, we rejoice in the Lord. Uh, why? Because prayer still works. 
Prayer is my lifestyle. It's not my emergency contact. Prayer is just my lifestyle. Prayer is what's in me. I don't call him just for my emergencies when I'm sick, when I'm depressed, but I call him because that's what I do. I pray all day long. I pray throughout the day. I pray at night. I pray during the late night. I pray and let my requests be made known with thanksgiving in my heart, knowing that God is going to hear my cry. Do I have any prayer warriors out here on today? Do I got anyone that's crying out to the Lord? I'm here, and I know you hear my cry. Do I got to witness anybody? The word of God is clear. God would enable the believer to overcome worrying and anxiety if you just learn how to trust in him. Your lifestyle got to change. We worrying, amen, when we forget God, when we forget who's in control, when we forget how much power he has. Do I got to witness anybody? Uh, God will overcome us. God will help us to be overcomers. Overcoming to what? Every trial, every tribulation, every heartbreak, every failure, God will help you to overcome it. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Why? Because God overcame the world. And because he overcame it, I can overcome it. The word says, greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. But now since he's an overcomer, I am an overcomer. He overcame and overcome every trial, every disappointment, every betrayal. Christ overcame it. Every lie, he was not defeated. Every one that stabbed him in the back, it didn't kill him. The one that sold him for silver, betrayed him, he still kissed him and said, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. You will see your enemy coming. God ain't going to let you be dumb. God will allow you to see your enemy. He, but how do you treat your enemy once you see it coming? Woo, thank you, Jesus. Jesus did what to Judas? Kissed him. And said to him, whatever you're going to do to me, make it quick. He let his enemy know, I know you're going to do it, but I'm still going to kiss you. And I'm going to confront you with what I know. I know what you're going to do to make it happen quick. He went on about his way. And Judas was so... So, 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 so guilty in his spirit. He couldn't handle the shame uh, uh, and the betrayal that he did to Jesus. Jesus didn't have to kill him or slap him. Judas committed suicide and killed himself. Your enemy will kill himself trying to destroy you. Ooh, that's a good place to shout right there. Your enemy will kill himself trying to destroy you. Trying to disrupt your life. Trying to cause people to dislike you. Try to defame your name. Your enemy will destroy themselves. And you don't got to even lift a hand. No, I got to witness anybody. I know I'm preaching and teaching in here. Amen. Sit down if you can. Uh, God, somebody say, God will overcome the trials of life for us. He will overcome Life's trials for us, through us. Ha! Somebody said he got to use you in order for you to go overcome your trial. He'll allow you to be overcomer, but in the midst of you become an overcomer, he's using you for a testimony. 
The word says that you're overcome by the words of your testimony. And because of your testimony, you're blessing somebody else. Pastor, what you talking about? If they see me go through it successfully, I give somebody else hope. If he did it for pastor, he could do it for me. If he did it for her, he could do it for me. If he did it for him, he could do it for me. I see how they went with it, went through it, and they went through it with a praise. They went with it with a thanksgiving in their heart. They didn't go through it complaining and, and murmuring and wanting to give up and die, but they got a praise through their trials and tribulation. Somebody say, I'm praising God through minds. Uh, uh, why? Because there's power in your praise. Woo! There's power in your praise. Uh, have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed sometimes, amen, amen, and you go into a locker room, you see it on TV, and the, the team feel like they defeated, amen, and, and, and the coach has to kind of cheer them up and say, this is just halftime, and, and we got a whole other half to play. Well, I'm going to be your coach today. This is just your halftime, and we got a whole other half to play. We got to come in and huddle up together and says, I'm a child of God. I won't be defeated. And they begin to jump and rumble together. They begin to praise God. They begin to lift him up because this is just halftime. Turn to this. I'm just on my halftime. I don't probably lost the first half, but I'm going to win the second half. Do I got to witness anybody? Turn to you and say, I'm a winner. Y'all, y'all making me preach too hard. Y'all, y'all, let, let me walk and talk with you for a little while. It's just halftime. Yes, sir, it's just halftime. Hey, Amen. it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God will allow you to tackle your problems with force. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God will allow you to tackle every problem with force. And when you tackle your problem of force, that problem ain't going to get back up. You're going to try to limp back up. You're going to try to crawl. But you, let's tackle your problem with some force. Lay that problem on the ground and step on the devil. Step on that devil's head. And sometimes you got to, got to break that devil's head off. Do I got to witness anybody? You see, that old snake is sneaky. Hey Amen. And y'all didn't realize the snake didn't always crawl on its belly. The snake had legs. The, legs, the snake had legs. The snake didn't uh, had legs. It didn't just, just slither on his body to Eve. He walked up to him. <laughs> you scared when you see a, leg, a snake sliver. If you see a snake pull out some legs, y'all going to be up out of here so quick. Y'all going to get up out of here so quick. That snake running after you. <laughs> they ain't doing this. His legs is moving. I got to witness anybody. But you got to think about it. He didn't get away with his sin. Because of his sin, God cut his legs off. Don't you realize you think you're getting away with it, but God cut your legs off? God will cut your blessing off. Keep on running your mouth to, to God's man of God and woman of God. Keep on trying to deceive them to do wrong and go against God. God will snap them legs off like he did the snake. Lord, have mercy here. Y'all ain't ready for that one. That's kind of deep right there. 
Amen. He'll snap it off. Ask me how I know. I see enemies come against me and God snapped them off. I didn't have to lay, lay a hand on them. I didn't have to say nothing. I didn't have to even defend myself. God just snapped them off. Lord, have mercy. God just dealt with them. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to put up my fist. I didn't have to call them. I had to get on Facebook. I didn't have to get on no Twitter. I didn't have to do any of that. God dealt with your enemy. You don't have to post that you're coming after your enemy. God's going to come after him for you. You don't got to post that you're coming for somebody. Amen. And, and the narrative is wrong. God's going to uh, fight for your narrative. God's going to make sure that everything is right. You don't got to post what you're about to do. Thank God I'm under the blood. Amen. If you were still under the blood, you wouldn't be posting that type of stuff. If you were still under the blood, you wouldn't be threatening nobody. Amen. If you was up under the blood, amen, you wouldn't be bothered. When I was out in the world, when you was under the blood, you'd forget about the things of the world. Somebody said, I'm under the blood of Jesus. Do I got to witness anybody? That's why the word tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, do what? Trust where? In the Lord. With what? All that heart. And lean not to what? Now, we forget that scripture so quick. We don't trust with the Lord with all our heart. We trust ourselves with all, with, with all our hearts. And then it says, lean not to the understanding. Then you get the rationalizing with your understanding. It doesn't matter what your understanding is. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Your understanding is why you at now. How you got where you was at. But if you would have leaned to God's understanding, you wouldn't be in the place you are. Sometimes we think we're wiser than God. And God don't know what we think he should know. Or we try to help God out. I, I learned something. You can't help God. God ain't never asked for your help. He didn't ask for your advice or your understanding. He told you to trust in him with all of your heart, not partial of your heart. When, see, when, 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 when God has all your heart, that means he has your everything. If a person has your heart, they got you. God knows that he got your heart. He got you. He got your hands because he got your heart. He got your feet because he got your heart. He got your eyes because he got your heart. He ain't worrying about what you're going to do because he has your heart. When God has your heart, he's not worrying about you betraying him because your heart is with him. Your heart, your heart, your heart. He, he didn't say nothing about it. He said keep your mind stayed on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. But he said, I, I need your heart. And, and, and when we accept God into our life, he goes into your heart. And when he's in your heart, everything about you becomes new. Your heart is your life source. Let your heart start beeping. You won't be able to talk. You won't be able to move your fingers. You won't be able to see. You won't be able to do nothing because your heart stopped. As long as your heart is properly working, the blood flows the proper way. As long as your heart is pumping, there's no blood clots. There's nothing going wrong in your body because your blood is flowing the proper way. Somebody said, that's why the blood of Jesus still works. It was the blood of Jesus that pumped life into me. It was the blood of Jesus that gave me life. That's why it says lean not to your own understanding, but, but, but trust the Lord with what? All of your heart. Somebody said all my heart. Can I preach and teach up at the same time? Your heart. Somebody said your heart. You see, 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 I, I, 
her skin, but if I don't got her heart, she'll do whatever she's going to do because I don't got her heart. See, when I have a heart, I don't trip that she, a man at her job talking to her. I don't trip because a man give her a compliment. I don't trip because they say, oh, you're looking good today. I don't trip because, girl, you're looking sexy today. I don't trip about that because I know the heart. I'm not no fool. I know men holler. I know men talk. I know men be on Facebook liking, liking her picture, but I don't trip about that because I know the heart. And when you know the heart, a man can say what they want to say. They can say, baby, you're looking good this morning. You can tell, oh, you're looking, oh, that's da 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 But the heart ain't over there. The heart's right here. But when God knows your heart, the devil can say whatever he want to say to you. The devil can offer you everything. The devil can say, I will bless you over here. But since God knows he has my heart. You better holler back at your boy. I don't care nothing about your body. I don't care nothing about your mind. But I need your heart. So I got no witness anybody. Turn to your neighbor. It's something when you got somebody's heart. Your words don't mean nothing. Your heart speaks more than your words do. Your words, out your mouth, you can tell me you love me, but your heart's somewhere else. With your mouth, you give God praise, but your heart's somewhere else. With your mouth, you lift him up, but your heart's somewhere else. With your feet, you give him a dance, but your heart's somewhere else. Pastor, what do you mean? Because before you got out of here, you text him and said, meet me down the street. Before you got up out of here, he said, I'm going to beat somebody's. But then God said, what happened to your heart? What happened when you was going to praise me? Now you're talking about beating somebody's. But you got to say, Lord, create me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. You don't got nobody in business beating nobody's. But you know what I'm talking about. But God is good anyhow. Do I got to witness anybody? That's why the word says it like this in six. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall do what? You're not directing your own paths. You're not the director of your life. Can I make it plainer? You're not the director of your path. You don't direct where you go. If you acknowledge him, you allow him to become the director. Do I got to listen to anybody? You know what a director is. Okay, I'll give you an example. When we had a choir, we had a director standing here. COVID messed our choir up so bad they ain't been back to church. COVID just shut down the choir. Do I got to witness anybody? Thank God for the praise team. Thank God for the praise. I thank God for the praise. But the choir never came back after COVID. Do I got to witness? But when we had a choir, the director would say, tenor sing over here. Altos over here and sopranos coming right here. And guess what? The tenor didn't sing until the director gave him a cue. The soprano didn't come in until the director gave them a cue. The alto didn't come in until the director gave him the cue. Then when they came in together, he told them all to come together. And then the director said, ah! The director was so bad, he'll look down, keep on singing, and he'll tell the musicians, tell the drummer to be quiet. Why? Because it was under the direction of the director. Y'all about to not like me. Who is your director? Who makes you sing? Who makes you dance? Who, come on, who is your director of your life? Who has hindered you? You was doing well. But what has hindered you? Or who is the who in your life that continues to hinder you? Who took and stole your heart from God? 
Come on, somebody. You, y'all ain't keeping it real with a brother today. If he was directing you and he was the architect of your life, he would have your heart. And when he said pray, you wouldn't argue. You pray. He said be quiet. You would just be quiet. He said worship. You'll worship. He said give. You give. You would not struggle with what God told you to do. But since somebody else became your director and began to take hold of your heart, you begin to question your prayer time. You begin to pressure, amen, when you worship. You begin to press, and then you begin to give excuses. I ain't never heard so many excuses a day of my life off one scripture. Do not forsake the assembly as some others do. What about the assembly that you understand? Assembly is a gathering of people. Assembly is a, I guess, forsake the assembly. Assembly is a gathering of people like some others do. Who is the some others that do that, that has no relationship with God? Why? Because the time is what? Fast approaching. Can I preach and teach this one scripture? Y'all misquoted all this time. This theology y'all have is not real theology. It's fake theology. How you know? I went to school for this stuff. Did you? I don't tell a doctor how to do their job. I don't tell a nurse how to do her job. Why are you going to tell me how to do my job? And I have a master's in theology. You are forsaking the assembly. I went to school for this stuff. And when you begin to forsake, you begin to forsake fellowship with one another. What we try to do is make it convenient for fellowship. Y'all can't even zoom in. I made assembly easy. Those folks on Zoom is assembly in right now. They're assembly in with Praise Chapel Ministries, Church of God in Christ. They're sitting here listening to their pastor. They did not forsake. They probably did not get in their car, but they're at church. I made it easy for, for Bible study. Ain't no reason why you should not be in Bible study on Wednesday night. No reason all that. Every member should be out of Bible study on a Wednesday night. I don't care if you're in a hotel room, you can zoom in. I don't care if you're driving a semi-truck, you can listen in. I don't care where you at. I made it convenient for you. You don't even got to say nothing. You just got to listen to the word. You don't even got to participate. You just got to listen to the word. So I got to witness anybody. We made it convenient for you to have to get off work, make dinner, clean your house, wash your clothes, and then try to rush down to the building through West Harbor traffic. All you got to do is get home and get you some dinner and turn on your computer or your phone and listen to it and eat while the pastor's teaching. It ain't that hard to do. Oh, I overslept. I forgot about Zoom. Put your alarm clock on. You put it on for work. You put it on for everything else. Turn your alarm clock on to say it's Bible study time. You better holler back at your boy. Somebody said forsaken the assembly. 2022, man, it, we don't do church the same. If you do church the same, you're not going to be successful. You got to think outside of the box when you do church. If I just did church how my dad did it in 1995 to 2005, we probably wouldn't have no Bible study. Probably wouldn't have no prayer on Saturday morning. So I've got to witness anybody because we didn't have Zoom back then. We didn't have Facebook Live and YouTube back then. Amen. So we're making convenience through Zoom for you have to log in and I got to see you. Pastor watching and seeing who Zoom in. 
Why? Because I got to be accountable of my sheep. I'm accountable of your whereabouts. God holds me accountable if I'm not helping you grow to a Christ-like maturity. I'm almost out of here. Our vision statement to bring people of all nationalities to Christ. That they might grow to Christ-like maturity. To glorify God with the fruit which we bear. According to Galatians 5, 22 to 26. How can I help you grow if you forsake? How can I help you grow if you forsake? I don't need you. I, I heard that you, you, you need a preacher. That's what Romans told me. Book of Romans said you need a preacher. You need a teacher. You ain't that strong that you could teach yourself. You ain't that strong that you could teach yourself. You need a preacher. You need a teacher. You need a missionary. You need an evangelist. You need them to help you grow. Guess what? I know I'm not that smart medically. So I go see my doctor. My blood pressure is at 180 up to 190. She said, look here, McGraw, I'm tired of you fighting this. You are going to take this medicine or I'm not going to release you today. Guess what? I took the medicine. My blood pressure is going back down. Why? Because I didn't go to school for that. But she was giving me a warning. If you continue to go to Aurora this way, you're going to have a stroke. You have a blood clot. So I gave in to the instructions of the doctor. For I won't have blood clots. For I won't have a stroke. And the medicine that she gave me is a combined medicine that deals with blood pressure and it deals with blood clots and it deals with all these different things that my body needs. And it's just one pill out of my day that don't take no time away to take the pill and go about my life. But if I forsake what she's teaching me, y'all could be burying me. My concern is if you don't listen what the pastor's saying, you could be going to a devil's hell. I didn't go to school to be a doctor. I didn't go to school to be a nurse. So I trust the doctor. And my blood pressure was high that day. And first they go, you be looking weird. You be coughing all the time. You always got these headaches. What's going on with you? I said, oh, I'm just tired. Doctor said, you got all these headaches because your blood pressure's so high, man. Your blood pressure's so high, your head about to explode. You look healthy on the outside. He said, yeah, you fit. She said, well, guess what? Skinny people have high blood pressure too. He said, people that go jogging every day drop down and die because they don't listen to the doctor. Just because you're healthy doesn't mean that you don't need no help. Oh, I got to witness anybody. I did what the doctor told me. I got my medicine. And I'm feeling good today. No headache. Now, come on, somebody. I ain't out of breath. I'm still exercising. The doctor says, now on top of the pill you take, McGraw, that's how my doctor talked to me. She's from Africa. I got an African sister up here at Kaiser Hospital on top of the hill. She says, now you still got to exercise. You cannot take the pill and don't exercise. You still got to walk, exercise, do what you do, lift weights. He said, because you're getting older, that's why you start flabbing. She's she keeping it real. I said, yes, doc, I hear you, doc. So you keep doing your exercise, go get you a little monitor, lift some weights, walk every day, and don't eat so much ice cream. I love ice cream. I confessed it all. She said, what is your weak point? It's called Fat Boys. Big ice cream bar. I got some at the house now, but I don't eat the whole box. That whole box take me about a month to eat, but I get through it. I, don't, I eat it in moderation. Do I got to witness anybody? So I had to change my diet. I had to eat more green stuff, Elder Huffman. I had to put more greens in my body. 
Amen. I, I got to eat right for my body to act right. So if my natural body needs to eat right, how much more is your spiritual body got to eat? And my natural body got to function right. How do I help my spiritual body to function properly? That's not by forsaking the assembly. That's not by staying at home or not zooming in to our Zoom services. Do I got to witness anybody? I'm telling you, every member should be in Zoom. If you can't come to church, you got to be Zooming in. Do I got to witness anybody? Then we made it so convenient, amen, that you won't rob God. We gave you the option to give your tithes and offering online. I believe in the whole Bible. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. Don't come giving gradually. So when you pull up your app on your phone, you're at church. Give your tithes and offering. Do I got to witness anybody? I'm preaching and teaching today. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, look here. You got to understand that God loves the total person. And I wasn't loving my all of me. I didn't love all of me because I refused to take care of all of me. I thought I loved all of me, but I really didn't love all of me. I had to fall back in love with me. Before I could deal with her, I had to learn how to love me. I felt all of love with me. I didn't like how I was looking like in the mirror. I didn't like how I was feeling in the mirror. In, in the morning time. I didn't like because my head was hurting. My blood pressure is high. I feel like I done did all this stuff. I'm working every day at work. I'm trying to pass through a church and all that stuff. And I didn't stop liking me because I was just tired and my head hurt and I didn't see nothing growing. Do I got to witness anybody? What do you mean grow? Amen. Acorn, when you put uh, to the acorn, acorns grow, right? Well, I'm going to go back to investments. I got the account called acorn. Acorn is investment, right? As long as I'm putting something into that acorn, it begins to sprout and grow. But if I don't put nothing into the acorn, it doesn't grow. Right? So I opened up this acorn account in 2016, and it began to grow and grow. And so I have a, a, a investment account there. I have a retirement account in there, and now it's got a checking account there. And every now and then, because I'm proud of my growth, I said, check this out. She said, boy, I'm going to grow up and be like you. What happened was I learned the importance to deposit something in in order to get something out. I was so busy depositing to you all, I wasn't depositing nothing back into me. So I stopped loving me while I was depositing to you. I was depositing all this word in you. I was depositing all this encouraging word to you. I was telling you to live. You ain't going to die. I was telling you to do all this. And y'all just, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm dying. I'm saying how beautiful, how lovely you are. I'm thinking I'm ugly. I'm thinking I don't look good. I'm thinking about my worth. And I start rejecting myself and being short with her, being short with my mother. She said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. She said, look, boy, I don't care about you being 54. I'm still your mama. I spank you. I said, well, I done crossed the line now. <laughs> I done crossed the line now. And then she got mad at me said, look, you got a brother. I'm going to call your brother to come beat you up. <laughs> when you don't love yourself, you can't love nobody else. When you don't appreciate yourself, you can't appreciate nobody else's worth. When you can't appreciate what you give, you can't appreciate what they gave you. Can I preach and teach up in here? 
I'm almost out of y'all's way, but I'm on this verge right now of self-care. Somebody say self-care. Self-care is important. I guess I'm in the wrong place. Self, somebody say self-care. When you have self-care, you don't care at that point about what nobody else is thinking. You're trying to care for yourself. I don't care about y'all know that I take medication. That's my self-care. I don't care that you know I got to change my diet. That's my self-care. I don't care that you know I got to study, meditate, and apply. That's my self-care. I don't care if he said he goes to church so much. I can't forsake the assembly. The church is my self-care. I need the church to live. I need the church to make it. I can't make it without church in my life. Church is my self-care. I can't make it without prayer in my life. It's my, self, it's my life stream. And you let somebody kill your life stream. Because you believe somebody that is not went to school for theology, not ordained elder, not a licensed missionary, that didn't go through life training, that's not an ordained elder, that's not a licensed evangelist that took the time in their life, these elders study, 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 God ordained, and you believe somebody that don't got nothing. And then y'all say, that's just paper. Well, is your degree on your wall just paper, or did you earn it? Is your bachelor's just paper, or did you earn it? Is your associate's just paper, did you earn it? I, I earned my associate's degree. I earned my bachelor's degree. I got three. I earned my master's degree, and I earned to be ordained in the church of God in Christ. And I earned to be an ordained elder, and I earned to be a pastor. Just like these brothers earned to be an ordained, and these ladies are earned to be a licensed missionary, that means they put some time on their knees and prayed and studied and got into the word of God and began to submit themselves to God, and God certified them. But then you want to listen to somebody that don't got no power. You listen to somebody that don't got no anointing. You listen to somebody that ain't never prayed a day of their life. They ain't never sacrificed nothing. And then they pull you away from the church. That don't make no cotton-picking sense. That doesn't make any cotton-picking sense to any of y'all. Somebody said, that don't make no sense. Now, since you got some sense, I talk, now since you got some sense, now since you got some sense and understand your wealth, go back and pull everybody that tried to pull you out. Give them a life preserver. Throw them out of rope and start pulling them back to church. Start pulling them back in. Start pulling them back in. Use your end. Pull them back in. Pull them back in. Pull them back in. Pull them back in. Pull them. The Bible tells us that we have to compel. We have to compel men and women to come to Christ. Come on. Who's, who are you compelling? Or did you just let go of the rope and let them drown? Pick the rope up and start pulling them back in. This is the only way we're going to fill this sanctuary up. Thank God for Zoom church. Got us through COVID. Thank God for Zoom Bible study. Thank God for that. But we also now have in-person services. It's time for us to come to church. It's time for us to get back into the building. It's time for a choir to grow. It's time for people to work in their gifts. Do I got to witness anybody? It's time for the church to go to the next level. It's time for the church to strive for higher heights. It's time for every ministry to be active. It should not just be in a book that I have, but those ministries should be active. And if every ministry is active, you're not worrying about standing here. What do you mean, Pastor? I started 
of the ministry outside of Praise Chapel. Yeah, I got a whole other ministry. I work with the community. I work with the mayor. I got a podcast that's on Podcast Apple, that's on Anchor, that's on Spotify. Amen. I'm ministering people all over the world. I did not wait for Sunday to minister. So I got to witness anybody. I get out there and do the work because it's in me. They made ministry easy when they got live <laughs> and when they went podcasts and all that other stuff. Hey, Amen. I set up a nice background and I just preach and teach. So I got to witness anybody. Guess what? There's somebody following you that you could preach and teach to. So I got to witness anybody. I tease my mom all the time. I said, I thank God you were a supervisor because I gave her life. They gave her life. They gave her something to do in the church because the church was her whole life stream. And that supervisor position gave her new life and new hope to continue on with life. So I got to witness anybody. I told my wife, I said, if I become a senior citizen, God bless me. Amen. I'm going to have me a senior Bible study. I'm going to have me a sure am. I'm going to go to the senior communities. I'm going to do all that stuff. Amen. I, amen. I'm going to leave the podcast and go to senior ministry. I'm 54, so I, I guess I got 10 more years. I can join the 65 and up ministry. I'm going to start me a senior prayer group. I'm going to do all that stuff. Why? Because my job then is to, to propel Joshua to come behind me. I got to find me a Joshua to stand here. And I begin doing the other ministry. I don't want to stay here when I'm 65, 70, 80 years old and not being effective. I got to prepare a young person. And, I got, and then I could just be the emeritus pastor. I don't mean I'm dead. I'm still living. I'm the emeritus pastor doing other ministry within the church. So I got to witness anybody. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. I'm preaching and teaching today. I'm sorry, y'all. I apologize for the time. I know we got to get out to Bremerton. Father God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I pray for Praise Chapel. Every leadership, everyone that's licensed, ordained elder, licensed missionary, licensed evangelist, licensed minister, licensed deaconess. I pray, God, that they'll be so hungry for ministry. So hungry to see people grow. Oh, God, that they'll do the things that they promised you would do. And God will give you praise. We give you glory. I pray for every lay member. I pray, God, that they be encouraged, that they don't give up, that they keep fighting, that they begin to study more in their word. I pray over their homes, over their families. I pray, God, that you will continue, Lord, to bless them individually. God, I give you praise for this. And let the church say amen. God bless you all.